listening to the longest running and number one rated podcast for all things San Antonio Spurs basketball. This is the Spurs Cast with your host, Paul Garcia. You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 665. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. On today's episode, I'll be joined by Project Spurs Director of Digital Content, Joe Garcia. Joe and I will discuss the Spurs' roster, who is likely to be waived before the season begins, and Manu Ginobili's upcoming Hall of Fame ceremony. Joe, it's been a while, man. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Been busy making a, a whole bunch of things for Project Spurs behind the scenes, and one of those things has been a new intro. So we're going to be using the new intro on this recording of, of Spurs Cast. So that's a good thing, man. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see that um, online, I know on, on YouTube, on the video visual format. But then, of course, you're not online. Uh, I mean, in the visual format, you can also listen to it in the audio. We'll have a new interest. So, yes, definitely excited for that. All right. So, Joe, it's still the offseason. There's still about four weeks till we actually get real Spurs basketball here at the preseason. So there hasn't been much with the team. Um, I'll just go into what's kind of uh, happened lately uh, with them. Uh, there's been a few few signings here and there with the team. So let's just go through where, where the things stand since I last recorded about two weeks ago. Uh, Joe Wieskamp um, did re-sign. I had mentioned about two weeks ago that, you know, the Spurs still had his qualifying offer out there. So there was a chance they could bring him back. And sure enough, they did. They recently signed him to a two-year deal uh, for $4.4 million. The first year is fully guaranteed. And then the second year is uh, partially guaranteed for about 500000 up until a certain deadline uh, next offseason. Then, of course, it goes to about $2.2 million if he, if he ends up on the team all of next season. So Joe Wieskamp is back. Again, the Spurs uh, had, had uh, maybe, you know, showed that they had plans to bring him back by giving him that qualifying offer initially. Uh, then there's been some a few training camp deals. Um, the Spurs have signed Alize Johnson, a veteran player, and also undrafted guard Tommy Cousy from St. Mary's in California. They signed both of those players to Exhibit 10 contracts. So by signing those two players, the Spurs' roster is now capped at 20 players. They they basically, in order to add another player, um, even if it's a training camp invite, they would have to waive someone. So again, we're waiting to see who they're going to waive. Because we know they're going to waive someone because uh, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN recently reported that the Spurs will be adding another Exhibit 10 player in Jalen Attaway from St. Bonaventure. So again, Jalen Jalen Attaway will soon be signing with the Spurs. He hasn't yet as of this recording that you and I are, are, are recording on Thursday evening. But again, we don't know who that player is going to be that's going to get waived. I would assume it's either um, Johnson, Alizé Johnson, or, or Tommy Cousy, just because they're on Exhibit 10 contracts. And again, um, Spurs' roster is currently capped. They have 14 players on guaranteed deals and two players on non-guaranteed deals, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, just where the schedule kind of stands, um, I, I'm, I'm assuming the NBA hasn't put this out officially yet, but I'm assuming that training camp is going to start here uh, right at the end of September. So I'm, I'm assuming on Monday, uh, September 26th, that's usually media day for the Spurs, uh, that, that last week in September, and then training camp would begin on September 27th on a Tuesday. And then we know that their first preseason game is going to take place on October 6th uh, against the Orlando Magic. So again, four weeks away as of this recording. So I know that's it's a lot of news and info, Joe. What are your thoughts on, on where this roster currently stands with 20 players and then bringing in soon Jalen Attaway? Yeah, man. Unfortunately, somebody's going to have to go ahead and be waived in order to make that signing official because uh, currently the Spurs are, are going into training camp with the full roster, you know, and that unfortunately means, like we said, somebody's going to not make the cut. Um, so we wish them well. But, you know, looking at, at the recent signings, you know, like you've gone down the list and you've mentioned Jalen Attaway, Tommy Cousy, and, you know, Elise Johnson. I, I would think that, you know, at this point in time, uh, the Spurs, you know, with their recent signing of Jalen Attaway, you know, of course, they're going to have to waive somebody to get him to that Exhibit 10. Um, I don't know, man. To me, I'm just feeling like Alizé Johnson might be the guy to go. 
You know, it looks like they have interest in and Tommy Cousy. So it looks like with these guys coming in with the 10, you know, exhibit 10 contracts, they're going to have to really prove themselves and they're going to be fighting for, for a roster spot. And if, you know, the consensus is if you don't make it, then they can go ahead and actually get signed up to the Austin G League team, you know, so mm-hmm. they have that as a consolation prize to still go ahead and try to prove themselves. But it's the nature of the beast. Somebody's got to get make it's not going to make the cut and get get tossed, you know, so uh, it's going to be a tough decision. No, no doubt. But I'd have to say that, you know, my gut feeling tells me that Elise Johnson might might be the guy to go. Okay, and you brought up a great point. Um, a lot of times the Spurs do do this, and a lot of teams do this, where they, if they if they have a G League affiliate team, what they do is they sign the player to the training camp contract and then just waive them quickly. That way, they can have again their their G League their, when they get if they go to the G League, they have the chance of getting them on their specific team. So again, there's a chance you know Tommy Cousy can end up on the Austin Spurs or even somebody like Alize Johnson. So that was a great point that you brought up, Joe. You know, initially I thought it was going to be Cousy who would get waived, and the reason why I say that is because the Spurs um, they've been doing some like so, some so stuff on social media where like a few of the, the new players kind of visit the town and they, they go to like different um, areas in the city that are like you know a uh, uh, big big tourist attraction parts of, the, of san antonio and so if you look on their on their twitter feed they've been putting out some videos like that and so initially i saw a photo with like um and video clips with like um different players and ali Z johnson was in there so i was like oh maybe johnson's you know, players are going to stay and i didn't see tommy Cousy, so i thought okay maybe Cousy's the player they're going to wave but then just recently they had another event um and they put some photos online and tommy Cousy's in those photos so again <laughs> we don't quite know i mean these players are you know they're they're, they're interacting with the community they're, they're going out there uh, um, participating so again i don't know who's going to be again just because they're on exhibit 10 contracts those two players i do like like you joe i, I agree so they're going to be alize johnson or, or tommy Cousy. one of those players will be waived in order for uh, jalen attaway to get signed um and then so then that leads us to another question another player unfortunately is going to probably have to be waived um down the line now not soon but maybe so, at some point before the, the regular season begins and so what i'm gonna do is up for for the for the audience uh, that watches this on, on online on youtube I do want to show the visual for this part because there's a lot of contract numbers in here. So the Spurs down the road, again, not right now, they're going to have to eventually waive a player, um, one player, because they have, again, like I said, they have 14 players on guaranteed deals, and then they have two players on non-guaranteed deals. So let's go through who those players, some of those players are. Uh, there's Kadabase Job, who is on a non-guaranteed contract for $1.8 million, uh, right now. So again, he's on a non-guaranteed deal. Then there's Trey Jones, who's on a partially guaranteed deal of uh, for five hundred thousand dollars, and then his his contract would fully guarantee at one point seven million if he stays on the team the entire season. And then the last player is a player they added last year, the Spurs via trade, um, in the Derek White trade, and that's Romeo Langford. Now he does have a fully guaranteed deal for five point six million, and I know that's a lot. You know that's that's a huge amount for him. Uh, you know for for a player. And you would expect, you know, why is the player that's making $6 million going to get waived? I would say the reason why there's a chance for him is because we didn't really see him get to participate a lot last year, right at the end of the season. Um, you know, he was hurt a lot. But then also the fact that this is a, a, a young um, um, uh, developing team who wants to give minutes to all the rookies and young players. And so his spot there at the shooting guard, you know, guard position is going to be pretty, pretty um, packed in with like, you know, all those new players like Malachi Branham, uh, Blake Wesley, you still got Josh Primo, you got... Um, a lot of a lot of diff- you still got Josh Richardson, a veteran. They want to play him some minutes. So again, I feel like Langford. It's going to be tough for him to get on the court. So you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Spurs uh, did waive him. So again, they probably don't have to make this decision until right before the season starts in uh, late October. Um, but do you have an idea of who do you think um, out of these three players might end up getting waived? That one to me is pretty easy. I think I believe it would be Romeo Langford, only because as as you had stated, the Spurs are going to be going younger and they're going to be in a full rebuild. So they go ahead, they're going to want to go ahead and give more minutes to their younger players uh, and players just like Keita Bates, Diop, you know, and Trey Jones in particular, uh, they're more familiar with the Spurs system than Romeo Langford, you know, so I think as far as the fit goes, 
you want to go with the guys that have already been in the system for a little bit of time. And unfortunately, going younger actually means you're going to have to go ahead and move some of your vets. So Romeo Langford would be my choice, the most logical choice. Okay. My, my, I'm kind of tied between Bates Job and then also um, uh, Langford just because Bates Job, I feel like, yes, he's a veteran. You know, if, if I think, I feel like he may be like, he could be maybe a playoff team could try to sign him uh, down, down the road here at some point during the season. But it and also his, like I said, his contract is non guaranteed. But because the Spurs have so much cap room right, right now, I, I you know, it, it wouldn't be surprising again if they ended up waving, um, you know, Langford's deal for six million there at 5.6 million. And, and again, because of like what you said as well, is, is the fact that they have so many guards and it's going to be really tough for him to get on the court. Uh, so again, we'll kind of see what happens. Again, this doesn't have to be an urgent move by the team, but at some point uh, before the regular season starts in um, in, in late October, and about I think it's like October twentieth, their first game. Yeah. Whenever that time comes, uh, they do have to to, to make a uh, they have to waive a player, or maybe they'll do some trades and you know end up taking so many players back and et cetera. But for now, uh, we do know that down the line here they, they're going to have to waive a player. So again, we'll kind of see uh, who that player ends up being down down the road. And now, Joe, for our final topic, uh, let's discuss one of the big events coming up this weekend. I mean, a lot of people are really excited for this. I'm very excited for this. Uh, and that is Manu Ginobili's Hall of Fame ceremony. So what's happening on Wednesday, not on Wednesday, on Saturday, September 10th, Saturday, September 10th at 7, I think it's Eastern time, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time uh, on NBA TV. You can watch uh, Manu Ginobili and multiple other um, former NBA players uh, get, get, get going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Tim Duncan will be presenting Manu into the Hall of Fame, uh, he, and he was of the class of 2020 most recently. And then, so, you know, we, again, it's been really cool to see online, um, you know, the, the Spurs showing all those different video clips and interviews of former players that played with Manu and just kind of the, the contribution he's brought to the NBA and to the, into the international game as well. Uh, he was such a significant player. So I just want to ask you, Joe, let's just share a few of our couple of favorite Manu memories. I know there's a lot, but, you know, just what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on Manu going into the Hall of Fame? And then what are some of your favorite memories? Uh, favorite memories, I believe it was uh, in that first playoff berth that he, that he was here, you know, and uh, I think it was his rookie season with the San Antonio Spurs. And um, I just remember him having a, a breakout uh, performance, you know, and and immediately everybody was, you know, had had their eyes on Manu. But we as Spurs fans, you know, we knew that he was something special, you know, just from his play during the regular season. But it was something special to see the the national audience take note so much so that I remember TNT had their post game, And that's when Charles Barkley was screaming, Ginobili, you know, like. They were just all raving about him. And you knew at that point that they, there was something special about about Manu Ginobili, you know. Um, the other one, too, was uh, there are several moments. There were, the other one that was iconic to me was the clashing of the heads, the nose to the head of uh, uh, Stephen Nash, you know, during that infamous uh, Phoenix Suns uh, playoff, playoff rivalry that they had. Uh, and both of them were bandaged up pretty bad. Manu had that big old bandage on his nose and. They were still out there playing. Neither guy wanted to give up, you know, uh, and that was, again, you know, just a testament to Manu. And he's just like not going to let anything stop him. Uh, and of course, the the infamous bat scene, you know, him just going out there and finally swatting the bat. They got tired of what well, he got tired of waiting. He just wanted to play basketball and he just swatted it down with his hand, picked it up and just gingerly gave it away. And unfortunately, because he did that, he had to deal with the rabies shots. What he said were were brutal, you know. Yeah. And uh, two of the other scenes, uh, moments that I remember with Manu specifically was, I believe it was a, a game that they had against, I believe, the Phoenix Suns. And the Spurs were down by double digits. And everybody left them for dead. You know, most of the fans, it was kind of a late start. Everybody went to sleep. You know, they're like, they, they got, they're going to lose. Manu Ginobili willed the team to victory. He had a miraculous fourth quarter. 
and he that they believe the Spurs defeated the the Phoenix Suns, and it was by like maybe two points or a point, you know, and they actually won won that game. So just to show you again, just you know, he never gave up. He was always out there giving you every single thing he had. And of course, one of the iconic moments that I'll remember, and this is the last one, was when they were playing against the the Warriors mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs, and they were here at the AT and T Center, and that was the last home game for Manu Ginobili. And he scored double digits. I believe he had something like 16 points during that game. The Spurs did wind up winning that game in front of the hometown crowd. And everybody was just on their feet cheering, Manu, Manu. He was getting a little bit emotional. And he, you could, you knew, you know, at that point that he pretty much just played his last home game here in front of the home crowd. And that was a special moment. And I was there to witness that. So those are things that I'm always going to remember. Yeah, for me, one of my favorite seasons from him, just an, it, just the entire season, was that 2005 when he had the long hair. I mean, just oh, yeah. <laughs> the way he was able to just get through the, the defense. Then he made the All Star team that year. You know, they end up winning the championship in Game Seven against Detroit. That was a, that was a really fun memory. One of my favorite video clips I, I love seeing still to this day. And it always comes up like whenever you watch highlights of the NBA. Is that one move he did? In, I think it was 03 against Shaq, where he kind of did the, the Euro step and like Shaq goes one way and he goes the other way and he gets the layup. Uh, that was one of the big ones. Um, just the fact that he brought the Euro step and and just you know all the times that. That he was able to, you know, to use him in the games and how unfamiliar to what to us as an audience it was when he first came to the NBA. And now it's like everyone's able to do the Euro step. It's like it looks, it's what it looks like all these different all-stars and players. Um, and then just for me, it's it's been interesting watching uh for, for, for watching how his career went for, from a from a media perspective. And the reason why I say this is because like when I was barely graduating high school, Monty was, you know, that was his first year with the Spurs. So that and then ended up winning the championship. And, uh, and so and I, I wasn't graduating high school. I was still in high school, basically. So like I, I started watching him as a young when I was still like a young, you know, teenager. And then as I started growing up, I go through my years in college, et cetera. And then, you know, I, I transitioned to the point where I'm becoming a media member later on down the road. And it really seeing that different side of him was the fact that like how the Spurs really relied on him, you know, to be one of their, one of their, like just a really top key um, pl- player who they sent out for the interviews. He was always willing to do it, even, you know, in his lat in his latter years, um, once he was getting closer to retirement, the fact that, you know, there were some younger players, yes, who were kind of taking the, the the core of the offense and, you know, becoming the, the go-to players for the team. But Monty was still that guy who was always ready if, if the Spurs, you know, wanted, if, if he wanted to, to speak with reporters, he was ready there to, to speak with us. And he was, you know, he was always one of the best interviews, went really into detail, provided great, um, you know, analysis of, how, of why they either won or lost games. And so it was, it was really interesting from uh, you know just again seeing, seeing seeing him as a fan when i was a fan and then also as a media member seeing how you know how his career went and so yeah so again spurs uh, spurs cast listeners you know make sure you check that out on on, on saturday evening uh again september 10th it's a manu's uh, hall of fame ceremony so definitely check out that that will be a very uh awesome um event to watch and so yeah that's going to be um s- some awesome times to watch there all right, so before Joe and I close out this episode, don't forget to visit ProjectSpurs.com. we got a lot going on up there, especially with the season ramping up soon. Uh, we have Bailing uh, Ganeshapa uh, on the Spurs' roster, specifically the height of some of the players on the team. Uh, our Fiesta short series by Trace Ronning is also uh, uh, you know, up there on Project Spurs. Uh, Jazz Tamir, on, uh, she, she wrote about recently Devin Vassell's opportunity to step up the season. Uh, Benjamin Bornstein's getting you ready for the draft next year, uh, especially because the Spurs should have some pretty, really good picks. Uh, so, so he's uh, he, re- he wrote about some Duke and Arkansas players to, to, to watch for this year uh, for, the, for the draft. Uh, Matt Lerma recently wrote about the Spurs versus Warriors game that will take place in the Alamo Dome this season. And then lastly, uh, if the Spurs do decide to trade Jakob Pertl, um, Colin Reed wrote about a team that, that might, might be a really good fit for, for Pertl uh, if the Spurs, again, decided to go down that route so again uh, season's coming soon i mean at least preseason is about four weeks away so, so we're getting there it's getting closer uh thanks for listening to this episode of the spurs cast and also thank you to joe for mixing and producing this episode from all of us at project spurs stay safe and have a great day